0: The Longbox Crusade presents... Action, Action film, film Face-Off. This episode, it's 1998 versus 2004.
1: Two films enter.
0: One film leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two men enter. One man leaves. Two, two men enter.
1: enter. One two man leaves. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hit. I'm feeling like a black car. Welcome to Action Film Face-Off, the show where two random years are selected. My brother will bring an action film from one of the random years, while I bring an action film from the other random year. Then those two films will do battle using a variety of criteria, and a champion will be crowned by the end of the episode. But let me introduce you to one of your hosts, my brother, a U.S. Army combat veteran of Kosovo and Iraq, Jason the Weasel Skull Albrecht.
0: Yes, indeed. We are going to score each of today's films on a scale of 1 to 10 in five categories. Those categories are story, overall spectacle, best action scene, the hero and the villain. Then there will be the deduction round, where up to 10 points can be subtracted from the film's total for whatever we determine is the low point of the movie. Let's find out what this episode's first action film is going to be, from my brother and co-host, a U.S. Air Force combat veteran of Iraq, and a combat self-defense instructor, Jared Albright, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe.
1: Thank you, Jason. Before our two films enter the video dome arena, we are thrilled to kick off this episode with special shout outs to our crusaders club members these are the fine folks that are now entered into our quarterly drawings to win free swag that may include but is not limited to comic art prints Comics, sometimes autographed by the creators Trading cards, action figures Appearances on the long box shows Lunch boxes, DVDs CDs, these Nuts And the list just goes on and on and on They also enjoy discounts From my online store TheYardSaleArtist.BigCartel.com And early access to special Long Box Crusade Network episodes That's a lot of stuff So these are the folks that are reaping the benefits And giving some much appreciated support to the show Dave Collins Blasted or Stash Gene Hendricks
0: Ivan the Collector
1: Ivor Evans
0: Maxwell Traver Mr. Lobotomy Ross Michaud Ronald Wint Timmy Bob Buster Buster
1: now, if we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we'll get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's simple. Just head over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade for as little as a dollar a month. You'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it
0: out. Now let's get back to the combat and learn a bit about the film Gladiators about to battle for your
1: pleasure. This episode I was assigned the year of 1998 and I have selected Blade starring Wesley Snipes. What year did the randomizer select for you?
0: I got 2004, so I'm putting into our video dome arena Man on Fire starring Denzel Washington. Denzel!
1: Denzel! Woo! We have got a fine matchup for this one folks now it's important to point out that this isn't a jared versus jason show we each had to select from our assigned year so i might very well like jason's selection better than mine or vice versa this is all about us discussing some beloved action films and coming to a consensus on which one is this episode's champion so let me jump in with some quick info on 1998's blade
0: you better wake up the world you live in is just a sugar-coated toppling. there is another world beneath it the real world
1: for thousands of years They have existed among us. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. Chances are you've seen them yourself and didn't know it. A secret nation. Our livelihood depends on our ability to blend in with a lust for power. We should be ruling the humans. These people are our food. They've got their claws into everything. Politics,
0: finance, real estate. There's a war going on out there. He makes the weapons. I use them. (laughs) Now will lead them to conquer mankind
1: tonight the age of man comes to an end we're gonna be gods and
0: one will try to stop him dead there are worse things out tonight than vampires like what like me half human blade's mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant half immortal
1: you got the best of both worlds all our strengths none of our weaknesses
0: their greatest fear and our only hope. so open season all vampires. Wesley Snipes, Steven Dorff. You're one of them, aren't you? No, I'm something else. Blade
1: All right, Blade stars Wesley Snipes, Chris christopherson in Bush Wright, and Steven Dwarf is directed by Stephen Norrington. and here's a quick synopsis. Blade's mother was bitten by a vampire while pregnant with Blade, so he became an odd mutation. He's part vampire, part human, all the vampire strengths, and none of their weaknesses. And along with his faithful companion Whistler, Blade wages nonstop war against vampires all over the world. The biggest vampire in his radar right now? Deacon Frost. Deacon plans to give himself ultimate power by resurrecting and becoming a long-forgotten vampire god. With the help of incredibly hot hematologist Karen Jensen, Blade and Whisper might just win this latest battle in the blood-fueled battle of man versus vampire. A little bit of interesting trivia on this one. Keep an eye out for the film's director Stephen Norrington during Blade's rapid driving montage as he's headed to that kind of bizarre Asian girl rap club. Take my word for it if you haven't seen the movie. (laughs) Anyway, Stephen Norrington is that random vampire on the street corner feeding on a woman. Fun fact number two, during the scene where Blade goes to the hospital to finish off the burnt-to-a-crisp Quinn, the stuntman in the burnt-up makeup suit actually broke his arm and had to go to a real emergency room. And because he arrived still in the crispy burnt makeup, the hospital staff freaked all the way out.
0: I would have freaked out, too.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's pretty creepy look. Here we go. I'm going to give you a couple more bonuses because I just really like the fun facts I found on this one. Do you want to recast Blade in your head? Although Snipes was the primary choice for the role, the producers also considered Lawrence Fishburne and, ironically, Denzel Washington for the role, should Snipes turn it down. And finally... Chris Christopherson's character Whistler, very beloved character from the film franchise, was actually not born of the comics. And as a comic guy, I didn't know that. His original appearance was from 1995's Spider-Man the Animated Series. So he started from the cartoon, then he went into comics and movies from there. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: I didn't know that either. There you
1: have it. What you got over there on your side of the Video Dome Arena?
0: Well, I will give you and the listeners the rundown on 2004's Man on Fire. 24 kidnappings in Mexico City in the last six days. Pizza! Four a day.
1: What do you think about that, Gracie? Run! Gracie!
0: What you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What I do best. Anyone who gets in my way, I'm gonna kill him. The Bible says, Be not overcome of evil, but to overcome, overcome evil. Overcome evil with good? <laughs> These sheep that got lost, Marjorie. What happened to him? What happened to Creasy? Peter Ramos. I'm tough,
1: Creasy. you tough? I'm
0: as tough as you. No such thing as tough. Either you're trained. Well, you're untrained. Now,
1: which are you? Trained. Which are you?
0: Trained. Trained, okay. She showed him it was all
1: right to live again.
0: Do you have a girlfriend, Creasy?
1: No. What kind of question is that, anyway? You're supposed to be studying
0: history, okay? That is history, Creasy history. No, that's ancient history. And they like getting that person took it that way. <laughs> and they're gonna wish they never touched the hair on her head. A man can be an artist in anything. Creasy's art is dead. He's about to paint his masterpiece. I don't want your money. I want proof of life. Bro, take your family apart piece by piece. You understand me? Piece by piece. He'll get more done in a weekend than 10 years of your courts. Just stay out of his way. Say goodbye to him. Answer my question. Did you say goodbye to him? I got all the time in the world. You don't, but I do. is between them and God. It's my job to arrange the meeting. Last wish, please. Last wish. I wish you had more time. Cast and crew starred Denzel Washington, Christopher Walken, and Dakota Fanning. Directed by Tony Scott. Ex Special Forces operative John Creasy is a burned out drunk who finds himself in Mexico City bodyguarding a wealthy Mexican couple's eight year old little girl, Pita Ramos. Reluctantly at first, Creasy eventually is worn down by the charms of the little girl, and the two develop a bond. Just as Creasy learns to love and care again, however, Pita is kidnapped, and Creasy is left in the hospital with multiple bullet wounds and surrounded by corrupt Mexican police. Fueled by his rage and with a little help from his friends, Creasy is Escapes custody and begins a revenge fueled descent into the Mexican underworld to put into the ground any and all who had anything to do with PETA's abduction couple of little trivia nuggets here. Most of the dialogue between Denzel Washington and Christopher Walken are entirely ad-libbed. Fact number two, Tony Scott was considering casting either Tom Cruise or Bruce Willis in the lead role before he crossed paths with Denzel Washington in the doctor's office.
1: Hmm, that's interesting. Recast
0: in the head. <laughs> yep, I think both of those would have been interesting choices. Hmm. But can't go wrong with Denzel. You cannot. This is a standout role for him, in my opinion. The address of the voice in the movie, which is the villain, in the movie is twenty six D Via Appia. This is the historical road where six thousand of Spartacus's slave army were crucified. Hmm, that's the history note for today. Yep. <laughs> and now that we have the basics on today's contestants, oh. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, test your might. Uh, let's get.
1: Moment you've all been waiting for. Our fighters entered the Video Dome Arena and it is time for round one. Tiger Uppercut! Round one is the story. How engaging and original is the story? So let's talk about it one film at a time. Jason, thoughts on the story in
0: Blade. Well, Blade was a pretty simple story, but it had a lot going on. There was some man versus man with Blade versus Frost. There was man versus nature with the mutation of the vampires. And then ultimately there was man versus himself where Blade is trying to find a cure for his Thirst. So all of that wound its way into a wonderfully creepy world of this vampire nation that's hidden among us. There were fantastic sets. I think there was a great blend of modern and historical pieces that made some really interesting sets. Like I said, the story was simple, but you know it was basically one man and his buddy taking on a bunch of vampires. But it was fun and it was effective. You know, I'll just wrap it up by saying, for those of us that enjoy the the plethora of comics movies we have today, the almost embarrassment of riches of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Without Blade, you know, there was no X-Men. Without X-Men, there was no Spider-Man. And without Spider-Man, there was no launch into this Marvel-extended universe that we enjoy today. So I have to consider that also when I'm judging this movie. Those are my thoughts, Jared. What do you have?
1: When it comes to Blade, I have a lot of agreement with you, especially with that nod to the past. This is really the seed that sprung the Marvel Cinematic Universe we know today, as you said. So full respect there. When it comes to story story again you said pretty simple but i will give it this you and i are huge comic book nerds we kind of knew of blade from the comics Uh blade was i was gonna say b team blade was c team blade was potentially d team until i was
0: gonna say it wasn't even c team for me because i didn't see him at all
1: (laughs) (laughs) but this property put him on the map This property made Blade cooler in the comics. It's very rare that the movie does a better job than the comics and supersedes it and kind of gives the comics a new life. So you got to take your hat off to Blade for that. The only other time I think I've really seen that, and I'm sure it's debatable, people say different things, but I feel like... Iron Man, that character, that Tony Stark, that world superseded the Iron Man in the comics, which was already good, mind you. I think the Iron Man we saw on the screen was great, and the same thing applies to Blade. So yeah, big ups to Blade for what it did with just this fairly simple story, but it really lit the candle for a character that nobody had really heard of.
0: I think the one that I would compare it most to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe would be Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Guardians were rather obscure. I mean, they kind of floated in and out of Thor and Avengers and everything, but who would have thought that that movie would have made such an impact? And I kind of got the same feeling when I was watching Blade again, just like you said. Mm -hmm. Blade's been around in the comic world, but the movie really put him on the map.
1: Yeah. One last addendum and then we'll get to Man on Fire. I was working at the movie theater when this movie came out. I was in college working at the theater. I got a trailer reel back when film actually was sent, actually physical film. It's all digital now, but I got a trailer reel and it was labeled Blade. And I looked at that and I thought, "Nah, they didn't do Blade from the comics. And I put that trailer on a film and I ran it through the projector and I watched it and I went, oh my gosh, it is Blade from the comics, but he looks so much cooler. And I wonder if this will be any good. And I went to see that movie. We might've previewed it. If not, we saw it on opening week with our co-host from other shows on the network, Delvin the Dark Web, William. And we were just floored by how good it was. And funny thing I remember is Delvin said, if Marvel's going to keep doing movies this good, they need to put the Marvel logo, just slap it all over the place if they want to be successful. And now you've got that huge Marvel logo montage at the beginning of all the movies. Mm -hmm. So Delvin's marketing sense was tingling. But we've gone enough down memory lane. Let's switch gears to Man on Fire. What are your thoughts on the story on that side of the Video Dome arena?
0: Well, Man on Fire was a much more complex film. Story wise, it was essentially a man versus man, or actually, pretty much, man versus all of the Mexican City underworld. <laughs> but it was also a man versus himself. The main character of John Creasy was obviously a burned out shell of a human being with suicidal tendencies. And he wasn't really long for this world, I don't think, you know, when we first see him on the screen. It was kind of similar to how, when we talked about Dirty Harry, San Francisco played a central role mm-hmm. in the film. Mexico City does the same thing here with Man on Fire. I like that it was grounded in this kind of real world, like seedy underbelly of organized crime in Latin America. And kidnapping was big business back then. You know, it was kind of everyday occurrence. So I like how they focused on kind of real world. At the same time, there's lots of heart. I thought Dakota Fanning as a young girl did a great job as PETA. And the developing relationship between Creasy and PETA felt real and it felt strong. And there was just great performances on both sides. So those are my thoughts. What do you think, Jared?
1: Again, I'm going to echo you on this. It's a relatively simple revenge story, but it does have a lot of layers. And I just want to really echo on that emotional side. I forgot how emotional this movie was because I'd seen it back in 04, hadn't watched it since then. Then when I rewatched it for this podcast, I was blown away, like how layered it was and how emotionally involved I got. And Tony Scott does a really good job of pretty much giving you that emotional hook just through pretty much much Peta's swimming, her competitive swimming, that's kind of the hook that gets into him. He starts helping her with that and I love the way with simple directorial choices that show he's coaching her and she's getting better and he's coaching her and the next thing you know, like the gardener is there and the cook is there and like everybody in the household has become family, rallying around that little girl. So they do a great job in taking in not a lot of time, but building you that sense that they've gotten very close. And so when he does do that revenge trigger, a lot of times in movies See, you go. Oh, it's a revenge movie. Okay, I get it. He's going to revenge. This one, you feel it. You feel his anger and his pain. I'm like, man, that's yeah. That's really good filmmaking. So with that, I think it's time to score them. So let's go over to Blade and uh, on a scale of one to 10, what are you going to rank the story?
0: Well, again, I thought the story was relatively simple, but all the elements came together really well and it left
1: me at a seven. Jason gives it a seven. I was a tad more generous because I think I bumped it up a little because of what I said before, that it built a world that superseded its roots in the comics. I gave it an eight.
0: Pretty close though. Pretty Pretty close. Let's go
1: to Man on Fire.
0: What do you got? This one I thought was a little more complex. It scored really high and having all the elements of a good story there. I landed on an eight for Man on Fire.
1: Even though it might seem strange because Blade and Man on Fire are very different story-wise, I just saw the value of them to be very similar. I also scored it as an eight. So I scored both movies at an eight, even though they're very disparate. (laughs) So (laughs) They're different, but they're good. It's, you know, it's turkey sandwich and ham sandwich, you know, they're both good.
0: <laughs> you know what, my favorite PETA scene was just popped into my head hmm. was when they were first establishing their relationship and they're in the car and she's trying to be friendly with him and he gets kind of gruff with her. And instead of like throwing a temper tantrum or doing what you would expect a little girl to do, she jumps out of the car and just goes into the back seat. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's the way it's going to be, then you're just the help.
1: Yep. Right. You're and I thought that was, yeah. <laughs>
0: I thought, wow, that was a powerful statement for that little girl right there.
1: Yeah, because she gets out of the car and, and he and us, the audience kind of thinks maybe she's going to run away. That's what so I she, thought. And she's like, nope, just get in the back seat. Just let you know where you stand with me at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like wow because I think that that's what I thought I thought oh she's gonna throw a temper tantrum and run away but no she handled that in a manner like an adult she didn't say a word just got out got in the back seat I thought that's impressive yeah they did a good job in that film
1: so high scores on the story I believe you're gonna need to take us into round two yeah, everybody!
0: Well, round two, we talk about the hero. How cool is the hero? And I think we got two cool heroes here. (laughs) We do. These movies are going to be tight. I know they are. So, Jared, why don't we lead off with Blade? Let's talk about the hero Blade of Blade.
1: Let's do that. Blade of Blade is a bad-ass hero. Point blank and period. Again, well supersedes his comic roots. I mean, full respect to Wolfman and... Colin. Thank you. Gene. I'm like, I got the dude's autograph from my blade DVD. You'd think I could remember Gene Colin for the creation. I think they gave us something great. I think this just took it to the next level. Even though I did meet Gene Colin, he wasn't big on this version of blade. it was a little too violent for him and I can understand that. But I got to tell you, nobody walked out of that theater going, oh, blade's just okay. Everybody loved blade. I will leave it at that and let you expand upon
0: it. What do you got on blade? Oh, how can I expand on that? Fairly simple character. Dress him up. Cool give him lots of cool weapons have him kill vampires simple but effective and his cool factor is off the charts Wesley Snipes brought a great mix of humor charm and just enough menace as he portrayed Blade fantastic job by Wesley Snipes the only other thing I'm going to say in negative is pay your taxes kids (laughs) all right we talked about blade let's talk about john creasy man on fire what are your thoughts about denzel washington's portrayal of john creasy jared
1: just amazing denzel's an amazing actor he brought so many layers to the character whole burnout drunk suicidal kind of finding himself again learning to love again learning to live again having that snatched away and taking that pain out on anybody who had anything to
0: do with it man
1: he was cool so this is gonna be a tight race man what do you think (laughs)
0: Yeah, what a burnout, man That paycheck was going straight to Jack Daniels (laughs) That guy was just Plowing through that, Jack. I think the only thing that I would add, as I was watching the movie, what impressed me was there's obviously a lot of history that's alluded to the character, but we never really get to know him. And I think that's by design. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a clever take on developing a character in the film. Most of the time, you hear the monologue and the backstory of the hero, but mm-hmm. even that scene when she asks him, you know, how he got the scars, and he never tells you. You never mm-hmm. learn. I thought that was impressive. It took a lot of. Acting chops from Denzel to pull off, and it was kind of a brave take from the writer and directors. Those are my thoughts. I guess we better score them. Let's do it. Blade, what you giving him? I gave Blade
1: a very strong nine. I think Blade is a great hero, and I gave it a 9. What did you do?
0: I gave Blade an 8. I was close to a 9, but I just thought the characters overall, pretty simple, played brilliantly, but didn't quite push it into the 9 for me. But strong 8. So what about Denzel as John Creasy? What did you give Denzel?
1: Denzel got an 8, just like you gave to Blade. I thought it was very strong. Strong 8. What you got? Uh,
0: Same. I gave him an 8 as well. I didn't see a lot of daylight between these two. Both really cool characters played by terrific actors that brought their a-game to both characters
1: man for the audience here the end of round one it looks like man on fire one round one by a point and here we are at round two and blade one round two by a point
0: <laughs> this is gonna be tight this is going to the wire i think <laughs> well we talked about the hero you're gonna lead us in discussion about the villain jared
1: yep let's get to round three
0: Adoken.
1: In round three, we're going to talk about the villain. How menacing is the villain or entertaining is the villain? Basically, how memorable was this villain or perhaps pack of villains? Both films have a little bit of an, a menagerie, if you will. So let me know what you think about Deacon Frost and company when it comes to Blade.
0: I thought Steven Dorff did a tremendous job as Frost. He was handsome. He was cocky. He had humor and he was dangerous and he blended that together with well in his portrayal as Frost. I also liked his crew that backed him up. They were a unique blend of characters. They were funny, there were some gross characters, there were some terrifying characters, and so I think his his entourage, if you will, was pretty impressive. And finally, I'd say you have to also consider the world that they were inhabiting, the set pieces and everything, really accentuated the villain's characters as well. So I thought that was also an interesting aspect of the scum and villainy, if you will, of the Blade movie. anyway, what did you think, Jared?
1: I agree with you. I think Stephen Dorff did a strong job. I think he was put in a difficult position to play menacing and dangerous to somebody like Wesley Snipes, who's bigger than him, tougher looking than him, scarier than him. So you've got to really play big, act big. Uh And I think he did that with that cockiness. You never felt like he was afraid of Blade. And I think that was a key because otherwise he's a smaller guy. He's kind of a pretty boy, you know, it'd be easy to write off that villain. But he stepped up and gave a pretty good performance. So, that's my thoughts
0: there. Yeah, and he was doing the Lord of the Dance on Whistler's face Oh, <laughs> that one scene. Man, that's hard to watch. That is. But, let's
1: head on down south of the border and get your thoughts on what's going on with Man of Fire and his menagerie of villains.
0: This one was tough for me, Jared. Mm-hmm. I Yep. <laughs> you know, I, I had to think about this one quite a bit because the villain was the voice and we only really see him in glimpses. We never really see uh, that climactic battle between the hero and the villain at the end. And I thought about it really, the real villain is the whole corrupt mm-hmm. system that mm-hmm. allows the voice and his ilk to just thrive and make money. When I was first scoring this, I was like, I don't really know how to score it. Mm-hmm. But then I thought about it a little more and it, you know, it kind of made for a rich and real. Realistic and compelling narrative It didn't really give us A lot of red meat That we crave In action film face-off You know, is what we normally Characterize as an action film But in the end I thought that, you know He realized all he could do Is give his life to the villain In order to save PETA I thought, well, that just really Highlights the evilness of this system It made me kind of change And actually throw a couple more points On the villain aspect of Man on Fire I know I'm rambling a little bit But it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to put into words. Help me out, Jared. Help me out.
1: I'm not going to help you out. I had the same exact thought. It's not so much a villain as is an amorphous blob of villainy. I mean, it turns out that pretty much everybody that you see is part of the problem with the exception of the girl's mother. They're all villains in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at my score sheet and I see where I've written down numbers, erased, rewritten numbers, erased, rewritten
0: numbers. Yeah, me too. Me too.
1: (laughs) watching it. And at the end of the day, I just took a look at it as that sort of the amorphous blob of villainy, and I gave it a score. And speaking of which, let's go back to Blade's universe and find out what did you score, Deacon Frost and Company, in Blade?
0: Deacon Frost and Company got an 8 from Jason. How about you, Jared?
1: I was very close. I gave it a 7. I thought he did a great job. I thought he did as much as he could do. I think there could have been maybe some other actors that could have gone bigger with it, but man, he did a good job. This is a complimentary 7, so I know you're out there listening, Steven, and you did a great Great job. Okay, so don't take it too hard.
0: And you're killing it in true detective. So (laughs) there you go. And
1: back to Mexico. What did you rate the amorphous blob of villainy (laughs) that is the corrupt Mexican underworld? In Man on Fire.
0: I, I rated it everything there for a while, but I finally landed on a seven. Story-wise, it was more compelling than Blade. And if this was drama film face-off, mm-hmm. it probably would have scored a little higher for me. Mm-hmm. But I need that red meat. I need Hans Gruber getting shoved off that tower. <laughs> yeah, I need it. <laughs> So he got a seven from me. How about you, Jared?
1: Exact same thought process, exact same score. I also gave it a seven. I landed on seven at the end of the day. So this round is another one point round and it Mm. nudges towards Blade. I will tell you this and the listening audience this. If you're interested, you can go on YouTube or if you've got on Blu-ray or the DVD, pop in your man on fire. There is an alternate ending if you want a little bit more red meat where Denzel's character, actually, they take him back to the voice. He gets a face to face with him, and the voice is, you know, he's kind of doing that menacing, kind of friendly but I'm gonna kill you talk, and Denzel's kind of playing along, and you remember that watch he had that exploded the c4 uh-huh. he's just kind of talking to the guy and the watch is counting down watch is counting down and then it gets to zero it blows up the whole house it kills denzel the voice and everybody so it's kind of a neat alternate ending i can see why they chose what they chose but if you want a little bit more of that red meat go seek that out and i know it's on youtube because i watched it there recently so check out the alternate ending to man on fire and while you're doing that we'll move into round
0: four Got you is f- at a bad time. And round four is the overall spectacle. How visually engaging is the film overall? We're talking stunts, we're talking effects, cinematography, the whole shebang. Jared, let's talk about Blade and Spectacle. What are your thoughts?
1: Alright, when it comes to Spectacle, it's how much of the time are you gluing my eyes to that screen? If I'm sitting there watching on my couch, I got my phone next to me. Am I pulling it up? Am I checking my Twitter? Or am I focused on what you've got to show me? And I just watched Blade for probably the 15th time, and I still stayed steeped. The stunts are great. The costumes are great. The effects are great. I mean, this is done in 98. Computer graphics are new. They use them to great effect as good as they can. Mostly. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes it gets a little bit wonky, but overall I think they did really well with what they had. It's going to get a strong score from me. What'd you think?
0: Can't really add too much to that. Outstanding action sequences, great blend of bullets, blades, and martial arts. Dude, a man got his throat ripped out, and said throat was thrown into the face of another man. I noticed that. <laughs> if, that <laughs> if that doesn't get your juices flowing, <laughs> this podcast isn't for you. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. The CGI, like you talked about, was a little cheesy in places, but overall, I think it held up pretty well, surprisingly. And Mm -hmm. I think again, and we'll go back a little bit to our last show where we talked about Black Panther and kind of the over-reliance, I think, on CGI in some cases these days. I really appreciated the physicality Mm -hmm. of the actors and the stunt people actually getting out there and throwing hands. I thought that never got old to me. And like you said, seeing this thing double-digit times still held me enthralled it just has great energy both physically and mentally
1: yeah the soundtrack is dope as the kids say it's very engaging i think the key to it and all those other films that do cgi is they only did cgi when they had to when they needed some effect that you just couldn't really do with practicals and i think that's the key hey filmmakers out there if you're listening. Only use it when you have to.
0: Yeah, nothing beats the real deal. So, Man on Fire. What are your thoughts on the spectacle with Man on Fire?
1: Uh, Once again, a completely different vein. No pun intended from the blade there. A completely different vein of spectacle. Gritty. Much like you said, making the comparison to The Enforcer with Dirty Harry. There's spectacle involved in location. There's spectacle involved with the very creative film style. Some people think the film is over-stylized by Tony Scott because there's a lot of jump cuts and haziness and it's very unique, is all I can say, the way that it's filmed. But I found it engaging, creative. It didn't distract from me. It created a multi-layered world that I believed in. And again, I did not pick up my phone to check my Twitter tweets or anything like that. So strong scores are coming. What about you?
0: You know, this is the one, I think, where I had a little more separation. And I agree with everything you said, but I think the spectacle is the weakest part of the film. I think there's a couple of good action sequences, but there wasn't anything I hadn't really seen before in terms of action films for my taste most of the energy is spent on interrogation and torture which i thought was compelling in the story but it just wasn't enough action i was kind of hoping i don't know if you've watched any of the sicario movies but i have i've
1: seen the first one and i just started watching the second one
0: but that's kind of what i was hoping for a little more action thrown in there not quite as much torture when i compare this to those you know sicario films this one just doesn't hold up quite as well for me anyway those those are my thoughts. I think this is where I'm gonna separate Blade from Man on Fire a little bit. But getting ahead of myself, let's score it up. Jared, what about Blade? What are you giving it?
1: I am giving Blade Spectacle a very strong nine. And the only reason it didn't score that 10 is because some of those places where they had to use effects and the effects weren't what they are now. Not really the film's fault because when it was made, but man, it's a strong nine. What do you got?
0: Eight for pretty much the same reasons you just gave. I thought great energy, great action. A lot of it holds up today. But there are a couple of places, particularly in that third act, where you're like, hey, we should have waited a few decades to. (laughs) to
1: (laughs) I I would love to see like a shot for shot remake of it now with technology. I think it would be just mind blowingly good.
0: All right. Well, we're close on this one, too. I think this is where we might differ a little bit. Man on Fire, Spectacle. What are you giving it?
1: I gave it an eight. I thought they did a real good job layering it and keeping my attention. Lots of cool effects, although not like wowzer effects, but just real good practical that seemed very believable. You and I both served in combat zones. I like the way they filmed those shootouts, like when they took the girl and whatnot, Mm -hmm. because it was kind of like, kind of could tell what was going on. You kind of couldn't. That's what a firefight is really like. Yep, It's chaos. It's even hard to remember at the end of the day. So I gave props for the realism and I gave it an eight.
0: I can't fault you on the realism. I agreed. And it did have a couple of decent action scenes. Like I said, not anything I haven't really seen before and done better. And again, I would have preferred a little, More action of him cutting his way through the underworld as opposed to shoving C4 up somebody's or, you know, kneecapping people or any of the other things that he did. Not that it wasn't bad. I'm just trying to think of it in context of action films, right? That's right. what we are. That's action fair. film face-off. That's fair. If it was thriller film face-off, I would score this a lot higher. Like I said, if it was drama film face-off, definitely. Great movie, but as far as spectacles concerned, I'm giving it a five.
1: Ooh, that is a, 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 a difference. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we're a little apart
1: on this one. Uh, but I get your logic and it makes sense to me. So this round is actually leaning fairly heavily, well, not hugely heavily, but for the first time, not a one-point difference towards Blade. So it's time to wrap that up and move into round five. Come in. Round five, often thought of as the most important rounded action film face off because it is the best action scene of the film. There's a lot that goes into that. The stunts, the fighting, the believability, yep. Yep. maybe a rocking soundtrack. I'm looking at you, Blade. <laughs> 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 so best action scene of the film break it down for me in the vampire world jason what you got for blade
0: that final battle was ridiculous man and i mean <laughs> ridiculous in the coolest way possible did i mention that a man got his throat ripped out and <laughs> thrown into the face of another man i think you did but it bears repeating <laughs> it bears repeating yep oh man and the coolest scene of that is when he takes that old boy's head off with that, I don't know what that was. It was like a cable rope thing, and then oh. and then the glasses fly in the air and he catches it and he puts I was like, hell yeah, it's on. You know, like, <laughs> oh you vampires are just you're dead. You're just dead. <laughs> and all I can say is I'll just ended up with this as frost! <laughs> <laughs> I've said enough. I've got to leave you something. You're going to have to pick over the remains there.
1: I will pick over the remains because I actually picked a different scene than you, believe it or not.
0: I believe it. I was thinking you might. I love... I just really like that glasses scene.
1: I'm with you. And I love the final scene. It's like, is picking your favorite kid because I... It's a great book-ended movie, so I'm going to the beginning. The bloodbath. Oh, the bloodbath was blood great, bath at the dude. Beginning. Especially you got to put yourself in my shoes, just going into this movie cold. Can't believe they made a Blade movie. First of all, I'm like, what's this going to be about? Am I going to like it? Seven minutes later, I'm like, jaw on the floor, like, holy batch yes this is insanely good this is maybe the best thing i've ever seen and we just got started i mean he's blasting people with a shotgun he's using the sword he's throwing that boomerang thing that goes around the room cutting heads off he's lighting people on fire and i want to point out that one of the greatest parts of that movie he's done all that damage all these vampires dead laying everywhere he's got that dude staked the wall he's on fire the cop comes in the cop goes put him out as if you've seen this <laughs> Every day, (laughs) it's like, this is just Tuesday for this guy. (laughs) This New York cop has seen some things, man. (laughs) But I'll tell you what, very, very, very go-to for me. Whenever I hook up a new surround sound system, I put surround sound or get some new speakers or whatever for whatever room I'm putting in my house, without fail, every time one of two things gets put into that system to test that out as I crank it up to see if I like it. And it's either the first scene of Blade or the last (laughs) scene of Blade. Those are the two that I always go to. One of those you, you
0: can't go wrong with either of those scenes, really. Yeah, you're right. When I was sitting in the movie theater seeing that for the first time, I wanted to go out and just say, I did not give you enough for this ticket. Just. <laughs> just more money. Well, here's a few more dollars.
1: And I know it's not even an action scene, but speaking of book ending, I just gotta throw this in. Probably should have fallen maybe spectacle. But how cool was the very, very, very end? Moscow pulls the coat back, out comes the sword, he slashes down and right into the credits. You're just like, oh my God, I want to see another Blade movie immediately. Yeah, when's the sequel coming out? (laughs) I gotta see another Blade movie.
0: And oh, by the way, that sequel is
1: awesome.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Blood (laughs) attack. But we could talk about this all day.
1: Yeah, so you can see the passion there. Let's move it over to the best action scene in Man on Fire. What do you
0: think? You mentioned it earlier. I thought it was the scene where Pita is kidnapped for all the reasons that you said. It layered on the tension. It was thrilling. It was realistic. I mean, you can almost feel the impacts of the bullets and hear them whizzing by your head in the middle of that scene. And again, I think the buildup to that scene just created this great tension. Just fantastic. I thought that was the best scene in the movie. What are your thoughts?
1: I kind of cheated a little bit when i wrote my notes down it's sort of like we had the amorphous blob of villainy yeah i was like best action scene and in my notes i wrote second half of the movie <laughs> 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 but if i was forced to pick one i would agree with you the pita kidnapping scene very realistic and again if this was drama film face-off or like thriller film face-off i think it would get even higher marks i mean i could go on and on but i'll just point out the one thing that i just Love that just gives you that extra layer. He told Peter run. All she had to do was run. She was gone. She'd gotten out of there. All she had to do was go hide. But she went back. Yep. Hits you right in the heart. You're like, oh, she went back because she
0: cares about him so much. Yep. Oh, it's hard to watch. But and man. you're yelling. That's one of those like, oh, <laughs> run, what? He told you to
1: run. Yeah, and she'd run and she'd gotten clear, but she doubled back. But man, intense scene, good stuff. Very, very different from the Blade stuff, but still good stuff. Yeah, I but agree. Let's go ahead and score it. Going over to Blade. You like the end. I like the beginning. They're both awesome. What'd you score yours?
0: I scored mine an eight and I just had to knock off a couple just because of the cheesy effects. And my scene kind of brought it down a little bit for me. Still love the heck out of that scene. What about you, Jared?
1: My scene had no cheesy effects. All the (laughs) effects were awesome. I have never seen a movie I think that starts better and more entertaining. I gave it a 10.
0: Flawless victory. Woo! That action scene is perfect in Jared's book. You know, I can't really fault you there. I will not argue that 10 one bit. Let's go back to Mexico.
1: What did you score the... Well, we both picked the kidnapping scene, so what'd you score it?
0: You know, I scored it
1: a six. Okay. And I am not too far off. I gave it a seven. I was probably generous because I let a motion film face-off creep in the action film
0: face-off scoring. You gotta you gotta build that wall, Jared. You gotta I, build that wall. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get wall it, I gotta get it to sit in
1: the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, when it can wrap me in like that, I mean, I was never emotionally wrapped into the scene in Blade. Well, the Whistler scene, again, hard to watch. But that action scene. It
0: is, yeah.
1: And that was cool, too, because when he stormed into that building. And that dude was,
0: man, I just work here, man.
1: And it quick flashed. Do you remember what they did to Whistler? He didn't care. He blew that cat
0: away. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You work for the wrong people, fool. That's right. All right. So here we are at the end of the official rounds, round five. And Blade edges this one out. So he's starting to get a little stretch in the Blade direction. But you know what we've got left? We've got
0: round six left. That would be the deduction round. So motherfucker always trying to ice skate up We're taking points off for stupidity, ridiculousness, and just crap you should not have to see. Jared, Mm. what are we deducting from Blade? What
1: are we deducting from Blade? Now, granted, we did say the dated effects at a couple of points could be dodgy. Still, kudos to the film for using limited effects. But they could be dodgy. But I took that out on my spectacle score. So I have no deductions for Blade. Back to you, sir. What do you think?
0: I got one I'm knocking off. And minus it's one. not because of special effects or cheesy special effects. It's for that scene where Blade is beating the living crap out of a New York City cop in the middle of downtown, and nobody cares. It's New York, man. <laughs> now, I could be talked off this number one, or this minus one point, if you know any of our fans are from New York City can tell me, are you so cynical <laughs> that a New York City cop? Can have the tar beat out of him by a man in broad daylight with a samurai sword and nobody's going to say anything? I could be wrong, but I I don't think New York City is that cynical. So I'm taking one off for that one. Okay. What about Man on Fire? Are we losing any points there, Jared?
1: We are not going to lose any points, but I'm going to make an adjustment. Okay. <laughs> you know what
0: that means? New rules.
1: There's a bonus point involved. <laughs> I gave a bonus point back on three the hard way. I think we all know what that bonus point was for. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yep, yep. There were three things and they sent me the hard way. <laughs> 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 dip, dip, <laughs> <down>. <laughs> All right.
1: Jason, knowing what you know about me, what did I give an extra bonus point to this movie for? I'll give you a hint. Every time he shows up in a movie, it's getting a bonus point.
0: Our man, Christopher Walken.
1: Christopher Walken is in this film, and he's great in this film. Plus one for the Walken Factor.
0: I'm happiest in the saddle. He is great in this film, by the way. We didn't talk enough about that, but you know, it's not called Walking on Fire. <laughs> Ooh, but I kind of want to <laughs> see that now. I do now, too. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked to seen him in more action in that. I think that would have been cool. Anyway, you know, Man on Fire. Gosh, you know, originally I had written down minus one for being too realistic, but I think I factored that into my scores already. So I'm not going to take anything off of Man on Fire. Okay, that's the end of the fight.
1: Now, don't worry if you haven't been keeping up with the math at home, folks. We do that for you here at Action Film Face-Off. And looking at the judges' scorecards, the winner of this episode, Action Film Face-Off with a score of 81 to 73, is Blade.
0: All right. Well, congratulations to Blade. Now let's head over to the randomizer and find out what the years are going to be for our next episode. My brother Jared is pulling a film from... Choose your destiny. 1982. Ooh. And well, that's a good I think those are some good choices there.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see what's what's on the
0: roster. And a couple things popping in the hand into <laughs> my hand, here. <laughs> and I will bring a film from Choose Your Destiny. 1991. And what will those films be? Well, we'll tease them on social media for those of you who want to watch before listening. We're talking to you, Dave. Yes, it's you, Dave. <laughs> yes. Or you can tune in next episode to find out. Until then, I'm Jason Weasel Skull and you can find me on social media at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Ulbrich on Facebook and Instagram.
1: And you can find me, Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, aka Death Probe, at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And be sure to check out all the shows under the Longbox Crusade umbrella by subscribing to Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, or pretty much all your finer pod catchers. Or directly at www.longboxcrusade.com. If you'd like to send us a question or comment, you can do that by hitting us up on the social media at Longbox Crusade on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live chat raffles, join us on the next episode of Doing It Live stream over on YouTube. We do them the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. If your film didn't win, don't be sad. There's going to be another bloody battle soon. And until next episode, keep your head down
0: and your knuckles up. From
1: the degree, legacy. my never see me. Get When solo the club, with no members. Oh no. I stay with that Iron man. I got a vision like a intro and outro theme to this show and all of our action film face-off shows are done by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at joseflin 9 you will not regret it. You mother, trying to podcast uphill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, <coughs> got me there.